Hello, Sarah Tabar. Hello, Jack Frimston. How are you? I'm good. We are back in business. Another episode and it's nearly Christmas. Who would have thought it? What a year it has been. Are you excited for today's episode? I am. It's a good one. It's a very good one. We had Lucy May Walker on, the wonderful singer-songwriter and your friend. There was a really funny bit at the start where you like thought that we knew each other and neither of us like did oh, no. like, personally. It was awkward. Like, I knew who she was. Yeah, it was a bit It's really okay. We're over it. And a little disclaimer for this episode is Lucy May Walker may cough a few times. She doesn't have corona. It's all good. If you sat there wondering, oh, are we going to find out the results? She doesn't have corona. She never had corona. On with the show. Lucy May Walker. Hello. How are you? Hi. Hi. Good. How are you two? We're amazing. Good. You you, you have met before, haven't you? With the busky in London. I don't think we have. I don't think we actually met them. Have you not? I thought you two knew each other really well. Unless my memory's really, but no, I know. I don't think we do. <laughs> well, I hope not because I don't remember. But it's always awkward if one person does. Yeah. No, neither. So that's fine. No. Oh. no. oh, I thought this was just. But you must. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Anyway, Sarah, Lucy. Well, I've, I've been listening to the podcast, so I feel like I know you. Do you feel like you're ready to delve deep? Yeah. Um, I just got to apologise if I cough. I've got a bit of a cough. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> That's all right. It's all right. We're not in the same room. So. I had a COVID <laughs> test today, so I don't think I've got it. Fingers crossed. Oh, You're all right. Thank you for joining us, Lucy. And obviously, we were chatting before. You, you've had a little listen. You know what we're doing. We are on the hunt to find this bloke who is happy as Larry. He doesn't exist, does he? Let's be honest. <gasps> Don't say that. He does exist. Does he? Of course he does. And that's why you're here. <laughs> you're here to help that's us. That's the worst start to the podcast Absolutely. Ever. I'm going to put it Larry in Larry doesn't top. exist. Podcast it, over. That's it. You've ruined it. Do you know where the phrase came from? We do. Okay. Do you not know? Which means you've not listened to any of our podcasts. So when you said, oh, I've been listening, you've been lying. <laughs> It's all right. No, I have. But the first time I listened to it was a while ago, so I can't remember. It's okay. You're forgiven. Damn it. We'll we'll tell you. Larry was a boxer and he won a fight and he got given, yeah, you can't see Lucy Walker doing some (laughs) some good fisticuffs there. I wasn't sure. My mind went to box a dog. No, he wasn't a dog. Larry wasn't. Larry could have been a dog, but you heard the Layla episode. Well, I I just listened to that. um, So he was a boxer and he won a, a cash prize. And someone said the next day he was happy as Larry. So say Larry was a boxer and he won £15,000 and they put um, they put him in the paper and said happy as Larry. What is your happy as Lucy moment? Oh, did you like that? What was my happiest moment in my life? Big question. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, what's been your... Obviously, you're, you're a brilliant singer-songwriter. I've known you for... Are you ready for this? Drum roll. Oh, 10 years. Oh, God. 10 years now. We're old, aren't we? I feel yeah. sorry for you, Lucy. We met in the first week of... Um, <laughs> in uh, uni. Yeah, I think we we're in we we're in Outrageous and there's a photo of us. I was in like a suit. First week, yeah. We'll definitely be using that on the Instagram over the... Uh, <laughs> when we promote the... <laughs> I don't know which photo you mean and now I'm worried because like, I looked back at uni photos the other day and realised I was wearing these like raggy extensions i have no idea why because they looked horrendous but wh- and i like faked hand every night do you think anyone looks back at 10 years and go you know what i look yeah. good I've got, I've got worse that's no. true so lucy so, so we've known yeah. each other 10 years and in those times you, you were a brilliant performer at university and then from then you went on and you become a singer songwriter and you've released some tunes that i literally still have on my running playlist every morning i still listen to because i love it and we, we've seen you do so many wonderful things over the, the last decade. 
What is your happiest Lucy moment? I think I know what it's going to be, but you tell us. I know. I feel like I just repeat myself in everything. Just say it because these are new people. Okay. It's exciting. So my happiest moment ever, well, it, it has a slight story behind it. And uh, I, I know that you know what I'm about to say. When I was, um, I was busking at Charing Cross Station two years ago and Jeremy Vine, who is my hero, um, <laughs> he spotted me busking. He discovered me and then... Very long story short, he tweeted about me, found me, he played my music on Radio 2. That was a very, very happy moment. And then the the happiest moment ever was when I played live on the uh, on his Radio 2 show. And um, I don't know if it was the actual playing bit, because actually that was quite terrifying, the thought of... Mm. Like, my, my brain tells me to, like, play the wrong chords and stuff when it's a really big moment. <laughs> so I'll be singing along and be like, you've, you've played this song for ages. And I'm like, ooh, play the wrong chord. That'll be fun. <laughs> um, so the not actual the, the playing part, but that whole experience. And then, Chris, I can hear your keys. Could you hear that? We couldn't, but, but we can now. And everybody at home can now. <laughs> Chris, shut up. It's all right. Don't worry. We're going to hear a door go now. Um, <coughs> sorry. Where was I? You talk about Jeremy Vine for once. Yeah, that whole experience was um, was very happy and for me. And then the kind of the aftermath of that was like the happiest for me. Where do you think it peaked? Do you know what I mean? Say it was one of these scientific graphs. Where was the peak of happiness? Right. Well, this is really sad. Straight after playing on live on uh, Radio 2, just say it again, um, <laughs> I went and sat in a cafe opposite, I think it was a Pret or something, and I opened my laptop up and I just watched, um, I think I had up to 400 emails of people buying my CD off the website. Wow. And oh I just was like, oh my God. It was one of those moments where I was like, I've made it. This is it. <laughs> like, and I think you have you have those like moments as a musician where you're like, I've made it. And that was one of the times where I thought I'd made it. But then, yeah, I've written down some notes about this. And I was like, playing gigs and all of these things, it's very much a massive high but then yeah. big lows afterwards. So I think part of being a musician is like, yeah, riding those highs for as long as possible. Absolutely. But do you not think like making it is, making it is subjective? Because kind of from the outside looking in to say that you went on and played on Radio 2 and you had 400 people actually buy a physical CD. That's that's incredible. Like, and that is amazing. Yeah, numbers. people don't buy CDs anymore. So. <laughs> I know. Radio 2 listeners that do. Is Radio true. 2. That is true. They are the CD buying demographic. When I look at that, I I think like I class that as making it. You could just be like, you know what, I'm I'm proud of myself and I'm happy. Yeah, I was very very happy for a long time afterwards, and I'm like I'm still happy just thinking about that and I like being able to use that as like um, I guess like uh, a CV kind of in your bio, like you know I'm that one that always talks about Jeremy Vine. I love him so much. Did I see a photo? Did he send you macaroons? Macarons? What's yes. the difference? <laughs> yes, it is macarons, but I say macaroons as well. Yeah, th- well, so yeah, so that was a couple of weeks ago. I basically sent him a CD in the post. So my new EP came out and it was a bit like, here you go, play it, please. <laughs> and he sent me macarons back and I was like, 
oh, is that like a really nice way of him saying no? Because he didn't play it. I feel like it was a really nice rejection. So I was going to say, I think that is, yeah, I'd be pretty happy with that, to be honest. <laughs> Absolutely. I've never heard of a presenter sending, like, the artist anything, but ever. <laughs> and so that's quite an achievement. Being rejected <laughs> with sweets or, like, confectionery you can take yeah. it and that's that's pl- playing on radio too that's totally different to playing on the telly as well at christmas as in you on you were on the telly at christmas wasn't you yeah <laughs> yeah that... <laughs> yeah sorry i wasn't sure if that was like a no, that's uh, what i'm saying i felt like i'd made that up in my head then i was like no you're both looking at me like jack what have you said what we don't talk about when she was on the telly wow what happened when she was on the telly i've got such the weirdest response no yeah. you were on radio too and then you were on channel five performing yeah, am i right am i yeah. right did anything yeah. happen what happened sorry. Lucy? <laughs> no but it was what, great so, how because obviously oh. radio and TV as as someone trying like pursuing a career in music they're both kind of vital. How did the television experience compare with kind of how you felt overall? Yeah, um, so Jeremy Vine also has a Channel Five like daytime TV show. I'm glad we've established that he actually that was true. <laughs> yeah, and yes, I did go on it and perform. So last yeah last Christmas. I went on and performed um, one of my original songs, You're Not Alone, and I pretended it was a Christmas song just so he'd book me, basically. <laughs> like, genuinely was like, he's like, oh, yeah, do you want, are you going to sing, like, a Christmas song? I'm on. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was, no, but you know what? Yeah, I remember watching it, and your song, I was actually like, this is this feels like a Christmas song. It is a Christmas yeah. song. The Pogues. If the Pogues fairy tale of New York is a Christmas song, Lucy May Walker, You're Not Alone is a Christmas well, song. Do you know what's really annoying? I have a Christmas song coming out this Christmas. And I really should have, like... Wow, you better send it over to him. Oh, well, I can't... He's not going to book me twice, is he? He might. Be like, I can <laughs> sing or... you a real Christmas song this time. Well, you'll get some more macaroons. Macarons, it's all right. So, yeah, I, pl- I played Last Christmas. Not the, not the song Last Christmas. My song on his show. <laughs> and, yeah, you said, how do the two compare? Um, the TV, I thought, was way bigger than the Radio 2 thing. So I built it up in my mm. head as a bigger thing but actually radio 2 is huge compared to people watching daytime tv on channel 5 not to put yeah, it no, down no. at all because the experience was amazing um very very nerve-wracking mm-hmm. because again my brain goes play it wrong <laughs> um and we had to like cut the song down so it was actually quite stressful but yeah the Again, the the whole build up and everything around it was really exciting, um, but the I think the radio was a massive payoff, mm. um, more than the TV thing. But yeah, it was an incredible experience. Because you mentioned then about like once you played gigs as well, and you and you've played some amazing crowds, and you've kind of sold out your old your own gigs. And then when you come off stage, I, I know you you feel deflated. You just want to sit there and you don't want to be surrounded by people. And you're like, everyone's like, yeah, well done you. And you're like, just leave me alone. Let me have a herbal tea. Yes. Did you feel after the TV thing? Did you feel, because like you, you obviously went to Pret after the Radio 2 thing just to kind of go in your own zone. Did you feel deflated after any of these things? No. So the, after the TV thing, so the TV thing was a bit weird because obviously it's it's his show starts at 9:15 in the morning to 11:15 mm. but our section was the last section of the show 
I don't know if this is exciting for anyone, but it was exciting for me to find this out. Because he has his Radio 2 show every day at 12 till 2, there's not enough time for him to go from the TV to the radio. So they um, record the last two sections of the show first. So we recorded it, I think, it must have been about half eight in the morning, which was weird. So Mm. by half ten... Me and all my friends, about like six of us or something, went to the pub down the road, and we watched we watched it live. That's that must be a bizarre <laughs> feeling. Yeah, and I was obviously in the same outfit, and I asked the owners if they would mind putting it on. I was like, I'm going to be on the TV. Please come and watch it. <laughs> and I ordered like prosecco, so I was like drunk at half ten in the morning That's watching hilarious. myself on tv and i just got into my head again that like this is one of those times i've made it i'm like prosecco's on me everyone and i bought like two bottles of prosecco <laughs> and then like i wasn't getting paid for that <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know who i thought i was and i definitely didn't make it after that but <laughs> like don't worry i'm gonna get 400 emails any minute now refresh refresh re- i really received. did like i was like this is it i need to make sure i'm not too drunk in case simon cal rings me um yeah that didn't happen but it was still yeah i mean it's still a quite a, an achievement it was a big big high and yeah I'd love to do it again. Jeremy, if you're listening, I've got a Christmas song. It all happens. You've got so many big things coming in. You're such a, a talented performer, but one of the things I want to talk about is your songwriting, the way that you master your words and, and the stories that you tell throughout your songs. And you, one of your EPs got to number three in the songwriter charts, and, and we kind of, we've seen so much success on the streaming platforms as well, and, and you smash it. One thing, so we used to we used to do loads of gigs together. And my auntie and uncle would always come and see us, and they'd be like, "We like that Lucy May Walker Aww. girl, but she she's always talking about like how sad her love life is, isn't she?" <laughs> <laughs> but you are a happy person, so I wanted to talk about like yeah. your comparison of kind of your songs and, and where you kind of draw that from, even if you're not in an unhappy place. And do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, I think I am a really happy person, um, which is great but when for some reason in my songs I do tend to write really sad songs and my I mean my first EP was called Heartbreak Songs so (laughs) you can work out what it's about luckily I'm very much in love now um so that's nice but um I don't know what was the question (laughs) why do I write depressing songs when you're happy was that basically it Jack's coming out with the deep questions (laughs) (laughs) No, I just I just wanted to talk because on stage you, you come across as such a, a, a bouncy, bubbly person and, and you're putting it out there, but then kind of it comes with your stage persona that you're singing these kind of sad songs sometimes. So I just wanted to talk about the happiness in songs and, and why you might tend to draw on sad and emotional experiences for songwriting mm. rather than happy. And I know you have done more happy songs, but w- why do you think that is? As a, Just more of a, a broad question as a musician, I guess. I- as a listener of music I really (laughs) prefer sad songs I think it's because it makes me feel something and I would rather feel in motion listening to music than Mm. to tap my foot do you know what I mean and I listen to really sad sad songs yeah um so I guess that's that's how I write and I think maybe it's like a a form of therapy um I don't like to talk to like I don't like to talk too much about things that are a bit sad in my life. So maybe to get it out in the writing process is like a way of kind of getting that out 
without having very awkward conversations with people mm. and i think i just express myself better songwriting i can say things in a much better way in song form than i don't know <laughs> You're doing a good conversations job. <laughs> <laughs> like right now i should just sing this instead um <laughs> you feel free to sing uh, if you want yeah. Luce. you've got your mic set up <laughs> no 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 i've potentially got coronavirus i hope i hope not but yeah i'm just gonna cough if i sing um <laughs> and yeah and then also i think you kind of touched on like my t- stage persona in between songs is kind of almost like what i'm known for not by very many people mm. but <laughs> the very small fan base that i have <laughs> my auntie and uncle. <laughs> yeah I know that I do this. It's like I sing these very quite serious songs, not all serious, and you don't have to listen to. I mean, you can enjoy a song without listening too carefully to the lyrics, but if you listen quite carefully to even my upbeat songs, you can. They're quite sad. Um, <laughs> but in between the yeah. songs, I try and be like quite uplifting because people don't go to gigs to like feel really sad, I suppose. <laughs> But you kind of ca- have to counteract it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So I like to be like, people have said to me before, it's like half music, half comedy show. So um, I don't like to, you know, say that about myself. <laughs> but I try to not be too depressing in between. Yeah. No, no, but it works, and and you come across brilliantly. I was going to say, when you're, which part of like the music making process and like album making process kind of do you enjoy the most and brings you maybe the most joy and happiness? Um, out the whole thing is it the writing and the therapy of getting out like the sad songs (laughs) yeah I really love co-writing I think that's so fun like I write with um actually not in any of the songs from the bad day EP but normally I write with the Dunwells which are two guys um if you've not heard of them they're amazing you should check them out and writing with them is always really fun um I've been writing with uh, a friend called Melanie Baker do you know her, Jack? Um, yes, she played piano for you on when I saw me and my dad came to see you do Wet Wet Wet. Yes, Wet Wet Wet. Yeah. Oh, that was a happy moment when I went on tour with Wet Wet Wet. We'll get on to Wet Wet Wet. I don't like to that talk about it. pretty good. <laughs> um, but I think writing by myself isn't so fun. Like, it's good and it's therapeutic and whatever, but I think co-writing is a lot more fun. Um, I do not like the bit where... <laughs> I don't like being sent mixes of my songs. I know that's really weird. <laughs> so if you're not a musician listening to this, you get your song produced and then a, the producers send it to a mixer who mix it all together. And uh, if you think a bit like making a cake and you mix all the ingredients together and then they produce this cake at the end. Um, good job. Oh, I feel yeah. like that just came off my head somewhere. I don't know that how that... Good. Yeah. That's, that's um, gonna <laughs> that was good. That's going to come up in the song you. sometime soon. <laughs> and um, I... Yeah, my mixer hates me a little bit because he sends me these mixes and I'm supposed to be really excited to hear them, but for some reason I put them off. So I just won't listen to them for ages because I'm like, I don't know what it is if I'm scared that it's going to be bad or I just... I'm lazy and can't be bothered to like really concentrate. But that's... <laughs> I hate that part. Um, and then, yeah, I, I love all the, the other bits. I love the admin. <laughs> I love admin. Is that what Admin? Love it. <laughs> of all love parts of being admin. a musician, <laughs> you love the oh, admin. Thank God, because that's like 90% of it. <laughs> let's, let's talk about you being a busker. That can be 
very sad at times. So you, yes. you did you did the Gigs Big Bus competition, which me and Sarah both been involved with, um, and you you go out and you busk on Borough Market. And I, from what I see on social media and stuff like that, I feel like when I see photos, it's like comments of people saying we saw you today we loved you busking we saw you in borough market and you do have you you get such a great reaction from people now as a as a busker i know that it can be hard talk about the high what are the highs of busking and if you want to talk about the lows let's go into the lows as well um busking yeah can be an amazing and yeah you get these highs like the whole jeremy vine thing wouldn't have happened if i wasn't busking um, and you have really beautiful moments, I think, when you're busking and you see things, especially in London, that other people wouldn't see. And you have these interactions with people that are very, like, very quick, mm. but they're, like, really nice. And if you have a few of those interactions, a busk, you, like, I think you, you go away happy. Um but yeah, a lot of the time it can be quite soul destroying, and I think you have to be quite tough to to be able to busk on a regular basis because you might. I mean, even after all the success that I've had, the next day I'll go busking and think, "Oh my god, I've made it!" And then I'm busking and I'm like, "Here I am, everyone! I've arrived <laughs> to busk!" And then no one cares again. So I don't know. It's very. There's a few highs and quite a lot of lows, but I think the highs are quite often worth it. And to say that it's your job, mm. I think you're still so much happier than other a lot of other people are in their jobs. When you first started busking, was there the fear of just, you're just going out there and just standing on the street and singing to no solid audience? Like you don't know that there's going to be like a gig, you know that you're going to turn up yeah. to at least a few people. But um, I imagine when you first started busking, it's like, oh, you're just going to perform to like the street. Was that a fear or like, did you, how did you overcome I, it? Um, I don't think when I first started, I don't think the fear was that there was no one going to watch. I think the fear was like, oh, I'm going to get told to move on and things like that. Because there's like <laughs> there's so many d- restrictions, as I'm sure you know, busking, if, if you've ever bussed as well. Um, <clears throat> apart from the competition. So the competition and like licensed pitches are amazing because you just turn up for a slot you know you're supposed to be there um the first time I went busking I just like pitched up somewhere and I was just nervous that I was going to get moved on and like one song in I did get moved on so I think the fear was about that and actually weirdly sometimes you get the fear that maybe this is just me (laughs) sometimes I get a fear when I get a crowd because I feel the pressure to like bring out the next banger because I'm thinking like oh god this, the next song I was going to play is really sad I don't want a crowd they want to hear like come on Eileen and I'm going to sing like dancing on my own yeah it's no, a that's hard fair one. and I think with busking <laughs> as well like you've got to remember like when you do a gig and people are there for you you're going to get a great reaction if people are at a gig most of the time they're there because they're music lovers a lot of the time when you're busking people might not be like do you know what I mean if you're a heavy metal fan and you see Lucy Mae Walker might not be your cup of tea. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's. I think it's hard because... I'm an annoyance to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love you. But it's just, it's one of... The, I remember we, we were busking once. We were underground and a bloke walked past us and he took his... It was like in his 60s and he took his headphones off and he come right, cl- right up close to me and he went, don't quit your day job. 
and then he walked off and I was fuming I wanted to like throw oh, something at him no. and then the lads were like, You're like this is my day job like, this is your day job he's just paid you the biggest compliment I was like yeah but he didn't mean that <laughs> but it's like you the, um, the I bet you've had so many crazy experiences of just random meeting of people and what's the weirdest yeah, <laughs> I know this is always the question I get asked and I never remember but I think it's because I get so many weird you see the weirdest people on the underground when you hang out on the underground for two hours, you see like just so many weird stuff that you just kind of don't want to. to. <laughs> yeah, I think the, not the weirdest, but maybe the scariest moment was I was busking at Tottenham Court Road underground and this guy just took a fancy to me. Um, I mean, can we blame him? But <laughs> he just like kept talking to me I can't really remember now it's the specifics but I remember him talking a lot and then he ended up like sitting on my pitch so like almost behind me so I couldn't he was like a meter away from mm. me I mean social distancing <laughs> um and that was a scary moment and then this woman came over and she started like talking to me about I think she'd have worked in radio or something um not radio today, <laughs> unfortunately. and then she kind of clocked him and she was like, are you okay? And I went, no, please, can you like get help? Because you are kind of vulnerable, especially on the underground, if you don't have one of those buzzers next to you. And I think there should, because they've, you know, like the info buzzer yeah. thing. Yeah. I think every, every uh, pitch should have one really close because you're kind of vulnerable. You can't like run away because your gear is there. And um, mm. yeah, she ended up getting a member of staff to come down and he spoke to him and and then he like went on the platform and then the guy that was working was like, are you all right now? And I was like, not really, because I have a feeling as soon as you walk away, he's going to come back. And he did. Oh, um, God. Oh. Yeah. So you get these kind of scary moments. Um, but I think uh, as a whole, busking is But he amazing. bought a CD, so it's all worth it. <laughs> I don't know if he did, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I, as a whole, I think busking is, is amazing and, and I'm really missing it at the moment because of the pandemic or the life. Do you know we can busk again on the underground, but you have to wear a mask? Oh, what? How does that work? Right. How? How? It, it does. I mean, I haven't tried. 2020, the new normal. Is anyone doing it? I, I think so, but I think most of, most people have just gone instrumental, but... I can literally play like chords, so I, mean, yeah. I don't think it would be worth it. <laughs> I was going to say, what's like? Um, you've done some Zoom gigs, yeah. So how do you find those? Obviously, it's not the same as real life, but does it bring some kind of fulfillment? So I've been doing Facebook lives and stuff, and they were really weird at, at first, and then I started actually enjoying them. And like, it's weird to not get like clapping afterwards. Yeah, but you kind of get used to reading comments instead of hearing claps and then I did my first zoom gig where I did like a pay what you want ticket thing and there was about 30 people and again at when I first started it I was like is this weird is this gonna work and by the end of it it was so fun because you could actually see people yeah. and they were clapping along and singing and at the end I, I have a couple of songs where there's like bits where you can I normally get the audience to sing if they're there. So what I did was like shouted their name out and they'd uh, unmute themselves and like shout out the words. And it was like, it was so fun. So I'm, I'm going to do another one. 
That does sound quite fun, to be fair. But, yeah, I think a lot of artists struggle with that. <laughs> yeah, I bet during these crazy times and like the whole pandemic thing, it's like that little things like that you don't realize that will bring so much joy and happiness to so many people. When it's we, we talk about it so much, I think every single episode, and I think we're very close to finding Larry. It's all about a sense of community and a sense of belonging. So all these people have that thing in common that they're Lucy May Walker fans, and they have that kind of. That love you and they they have that feeling of a community because they all love those mm. those songs. So I think Lucy, we, we're going to have to wrap it up in a sec. What I want to know is you came into it and you thought Larry didn't exist. I know that you're feeling happy and you you want to you want to end on the note that Larry does exist. So what kind of person do you think Larry would be? Let's say let's say in your world, in the world of music and busking, what kind of person do you think he'd be? Is he a busker? Um, Larry definitely <laughs> doesn't house share in London. <laughs> I don't know who he'd live with, but he definitely doesn't house share with random people. Right, okay. I think Larry is a music lover. Um, like, I love going to gigs and holding, like, like getting two pints because you don't want to go to the bar and you, like, spilling your pints on the sticky floor. Oh, my God, I miss it. <laughs> I know, me too. I feel like I might just do it later. I'll just go downstairs and get two pints. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on your next Zoom gig, just have two pints ready. Maybe I will. <laughs> Throw them everywhere. Um, yeah, I think he, he's a music lover. I think he I think he plays music. I don't think he's a busker. I think... He's definitely a Radio 2 listener. Do you think? How old do you think he is? Well... What's the happy age? Uh, maybe 35? 35. I'd give him 30. I, I don't know. I feel like 35 is mm. a good happy age. I think Larry would definitely send you some macaroni. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Do you know what else? Sorry. I know you're trying to wrap it up and I'm just thinking of more, more reasons why he'd be happy. <laughs> um, I think he would go to Edinburgh Fringe Festival. That's where I'm at my happiest. That is quite a happy place, I've heard. It's a good place. Yeah, I think he likes comedy. That makes me happy. And I think that would make Larry happy. Why, why is that your happiest? When I'm at Edinburgh Fringe, I feel like I'm in a, I'm in a bit of a bubble. Mm. And I think that I forget about real life for an entire month because I go up there to busk every every August. Um, and yeah, I just love it. And you go from show to show watching so much comedy and it's like a little holiday for a month and you, you're kind of, you make these friends and it's like a little family for a month. And I just, I love it. So that's probably my happiest place. Larry is a fringe fan. So he's a he's a music lover turned comedian. Sounds a bit like Jack. <laughs> no, I don't think he's the comedian. Yeah, it sounds sounds like you getting up on stage, part music, part comedy. Yeah, maybe it's Jeremy Vine. <gasps> maybe Jeremy Vine is Larry in disguise. I think he's quite happy actually. Yeah, we've ticked all the boxes. <laughs> yeah. It's Jeremy Vine. Hit the big red button. We found him. You can end this podcast. <laughs> thank you so much, Lucy. You've been incredible today. Yeah, thank you. It's been great. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. I'm Jack Frimston. I'm Sarah Tabar. And we had the wonderful Lucy May Walker just then. And do go and check her out on all of her social media platforms. And she's got a new Christmas song out. So you're going to love it. Our next episode will be our final one of 2020. But it lands on Christmas Day, which means... One thing. It's festive! So here it is. Merry Christmas, everybody's having... We'll see you next time for our Christmas episode. With hopefully less singing from you. <laughs> <laughs>